is the K-pop cast, bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-pop each week. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm Gee Dragon. Hello, everybody. It's your PD Nim, Michaela. And welcoming back to the show, we have a very special guest we're excited about. Welcome back, Sam from Southpaw Podcast Network, a.k.a. Liberationist M.A. Hey. Hey. Thanks for having me back. I, I must have done good the first time, right? To get a <laughs> oh, call yeah. back. Knocked it out of the park. Hell yeah. Yes. It's like it's like when you get a call back for an addition. You're like, oh, I, I must have uh-huh. done good the first time. Hell yeah, you did. So for this special K-Drama cast episode, we're bringing you the best scenes and ideas in K-Dramas and diving into a discussion about good, evil, and the law in K-Drama with a focus on Flower of Evil and Extraordinary Attorney Wu. So just a little more context on these. Last time we talked about K-Drama here on the podcast, we dived into Sky Castle and coincidentally, Sam was with us as well. And we talked about how in Sky Castle, it really illuminates the harsh pressures on Korean youth to be, quote unquote, successful and to suppress their own feelings to get there to the top. And the dramas we're introducing today, Extraordinary Attorney Wu and Flower of Evil, approach this same topic through a criminal justice lens. Like what happens to people who are not able to be high functioning for whatever reason, a.k.a. quote unquote, normal in society as adults? How does the legal system handle this, handle people who are not, quote unquote, normal, right? So we're going to be diving deeper into this and see what these shows have to say. But before we dive in, don't forget to join the K-pop cast community on Slack and sign up for hard-hitting editorial on our newsletter. Links to those in the episode description. So why don't we start with a quick pitch about each show? I think Michaela wrote these. You want to jump in? Yeah. So both of these shows are now officially on Netflix. So I just kind of copied over the official Netflix boilerplate <laughs> you know, pitch for the show. So first one with Attorney Wu or Isang Han Byung. So Byung Byung Hyosa. Can you sorry? Can you read that one, Stephanie? I mean, Sam, you want to? <laughs> Uh, I don't even know. I, what are we oh, looking at here? No, just like the Korean <laughs> title. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Pyeonosa, yeah. Yeah, which literally translates as to like, to to weird attorney Wu or strange attorney Wu. Um, yeah. Is about a brilliant attorney, Wu Young Wu, who tackles challenges in the courtroom and beyond as a newbie at a top law firm and a woman on the autism spectrum. Sam, really quick on the Korean word choice, the translation here. Mm-hmm. Isangan, I've always heard it as strange or weird, like yeah. a, a kind of negative context. But the English title on Netflix uses chooses the word extraordinary. Do you have mm-hmm. any feelings on that? Does that word fit the the positive or neutral vibe? Yeah, I mean, yeah, to your point, right? Uh, often it has a negative connotation, but then after watching it, I think it actually fits the actual like mm. maybe it's not like a literal translation but i think even in the way they titled it it seemed like they were having fun with that term or using it in um, uh, a different way right yes. like uh even for uh koreans when they talk about being queer 
Mm. They themselves sometimes call themselves uh, Iban, which means mm. second class, right? Or the other class, which mm. might sound negative. But in that way, this negative term actually is like a empowering term or a positive term. Got it. So I think this way was also using it in that kind of, I don't know, tongue in cheek way. So mm. that could be translated extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the term, right? Extraordinary, we're giving it a positive connotation in English, but it means extraordinary, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How If I literally literally translated that to Korean, it would probably be 이상해. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like all of these things like carry extra meaning beyond the literal just because of how language is being used. So yep. I don't know. I mean, Google Google Translate could have translated it that way, you know, who knows? I know, yeah. It's like, do the Netflix writers know all of this context? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. No, that's super helpful. Thank you. I feel like they hire pretty good translators despite what people have been complaining about online mm. in the past. Like, if at the end of it, you see, they'll give credit to whoever translated the episodes, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, often it is uh, a Korean person who speaks English, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, actually, I found in a interview with the writer of this show, Mu Jiwon, she, they had mentioned that they used the word strange because to them, strangeness leads to creativity and the power mm. to make a better society. Oh. Yeah. So that's why they chose the name strange to describe the character of Wu Young Woo. Okay. Mm. All right. I'll buy it. <laughs> so next we have Flower of Evil. Do you want me to read this one? Sure. Hiding a twisted past, a man <laughs> maintains his facade as the perfect husband to his detective wife until she begins investigating a series of murders. See, it's a better when I'm reading this. Get out of here. What's, yeah. what's the Korean title? I don't know it. Akigot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Does that literally translate to flower of evil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, about, yeah. You know what's funny is based on the pitches, right? Like obviously, F- "Flower of Evil" sounds riveting, but then mm. you just listen to the <laughs> Attorney Wu one. It sounds like boring, but it's like the pitch. Yeah, literally, that is what the show is about. But it's so much more interesting than that. Yes. Mm. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Attorney Wu is a huge like roller coaster, up and down, yeah. suspense even. <laughs> but I think like the pitch that was. Like how it was pitched. That's why I think the first episode like got super low ratings. And then it was like from mm. episode two, as the word of mouth spread, it started just like gaining like a snowball effect. Yeah, that makes sense. So in terms of these, Flower of Evil came out in 2020. Attorney Wu came out this year, 2022. Um, we want to situate them in context. Can we think of... Any similar dramas that came out around the same time or before that, I don't know, paved the way or opened the door for, let's, let's say, Attorney Wu. I'm, I'm thinking of Good Doctor, for example. The show that was also made into an American series uh-huh. in the yeah. U.S. Yeah, yeah, which I hear is much worse. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, are there any others that like have tried to portray autism or... Someone who's different in that way. and Yeah. Also in 2022, you had um, on Netflix, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Or uh, yeah. I, think, I think the Korean title was like, Psycho ga Quintana or something. Psycho. Like that, which is very, very different, I feel. 
psycho, huh? Mm-hmm. Where the mm. where one of the main characters' brothers was had, was on the autism spectrum, and I would think though that was more of a case of his autism shown more in the the negative light. Like he's more of his character is essentially a burden on our male lead because he mm. is his caretaker. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. It's it's shown through the caretaker lens. Yeah, it's through the lens of the caretaker, not through yep. the the actual person with autism. Yeah, I think that's what we usually see, right? Mm-hmm. Just across the board. Yeah, because mm-hmm. most most autistic characters they're they're a side character. Yeah, they're they're not necessarily the person you're you're following the story with. Uh huh. Yeah, I think in K dramas though, before like. Now they could talk about these things explicitly or give you a diagnosis. I think in the past, and when, when I say past, not even that long ago, there will be characters, maybe even main characters that will be kind of coded mm. autistic, right? Like how sometimes they can't say a character is queer, but they're queer coded, mm. right? I think K-dramas have often mm-hmm. like signaled to that, but didn't want to make it too explicit. You know, I've, I feel yeah, like there's been a the lot word. of that. Yeah. But you could see it from like, how they interact or like how they, how they, uh, you know, maybe even through uh, voice narration, they're like, mm. I've always, the character will be like, I've always been bad at social cues and understanding, mm-hmm. the, mm. you know, uh, you know, what people mean, what their facial expresses, expressions mean, or why do I have to look at people in the eyes or whatever? Mm. Like that, I think is a common thing you've seen in K-dramas, but they won't ever yeah. be diagnosed that. So I think that's how they used to handle that before. You're mm. right. That's super common, yeah. The like main character who's socially awkward or has trouble, yeah, understanding social situations. I think that's like common even in Japanese, uh, like anime and manga mm-hmm. too. These mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. coded characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. And then, how about Flower of Evil? Mm-hmm. So with this, with this, we think specifically of like Do Hyun-soo's antisocial personality disorder. So when it comes to dramas, alleged, (laughs) alleged (laughs) dramas that like have characters like that in and leads, you think of dramas like Cheese and the Trap that came out in 2016, where the male lead is allegedly has that disorder. Itaewon class, uh, the the female Mm. lead of that one, you know, she is a psycho. (laughs) They literally (laughs) call her that the entire show. Which mm. led to a lot of the the fans of that show not necessarily liking her, especially her chemistry with uh oh gosh, who's the male lead of that one? Oh yeah, I vaguely remind. I never watched that. Yeah, and then with when it comes to personality disorders, other ones like a lot of them, it's the the character. There's more of like a psychopath. Like it's more mm. of this very <laughs> harsh, evil end of the spectrum when it comes to those kinds of characters versus with Do Hyun Su, it's a little bit more ambiguous, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think um, there's a ton of, like, just, just like scroll around on Netflix around the K-dramas and there's a lot of, like, cop dramas, police dramas mm-hmm. where there's a detective trying to solve a cold case and then somehow it hits close to home. <gasps> oh my God. Like <laughs> the killer yeah. is after them. <gasps> and so that plot line is super common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see that was it the character with the black hat walking around in the background? Yo. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Michaela and I were like laughing about this, how every drama, even if it's like a rom-com has to have some like shifty in the shadows, killer harasser kind of 
dude that's like that always like wears the same outfit like all black baseball cap maybe a mask they, <laughs> yeah, and then they have like, they pull out a, a blurry knife oh, and they're just like harassing or killing women in the show and i don't know we just laugh about that trope it's like so unnecessary to me yeah the best example of that for me is let's eat which yeah. is just like a show about mukbang but there's like this subplot <laughs> of a uh, serial killer stalking the neighborhood that I'm pretty sure never gets resolved in the series. <laughs> but yeah, it yeah. just has to be there. That sounds like a Korean movies bleeding over to K-dramas, right? Because mm -hmm. when I was looking at the synopsis for Flower of Evil, I haven't seen it, but just reading the synopsis, it sounded like a lot of Korean movies, especially that were popular several years ago. Yeah. And so because of that popularity, I think, uh, K-drama writers were trying to bleed that in to K-dramas, mm -hmm. right? Because before K-drama, yeah, when you said not? you watch Korean drama, it it also meant a certain type of storyline, right? Mm -hmm. And then since then, now K-drama means anything. Anything can be a right. K-drama yeah, meaning like yeah, yeah. it could be romance, it could be horror, it could be thriller, it could be comedy, all of those, right? But so I think that was uh, introducing some of those like movie elements that helped to create like these different K-drama genres. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Even that um, other show we talked about last time, Sky Castle, has like a murder mystery subplot. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> That's true. So um, like in terms of what makes these shows stand out, like we oh, just talked- oh, we, Can we, I we, add one more to oh. the list of like predecessors? Yes. Um, this might sound weird, but like, uh, Oh My Ghostess. Oh. And how she has like her are like shy personality, and then she has her like uh, when she's possessed, yeah. like a super outgoing personality. And, and they called kinda, her mentally like ill. To, yeah, it's like alluded to like being bipolar or whatever. Mm. Yeah, there are a lot of shows like that where like where they have di like was a disassociative identity disorder mm -hmm, or like multiple mm -hmm. personality disorder, mm -hmm. but it's it's very rarely examined like as as trying to understand like their experience in life. It's usually more like comedic like yes, specifically yes. another one is like kill me heal me with park mm -hmm. so Jun oh. and jisung where jisung's character has multiple personality disorder but it's mostly there just to kind of reflect his past trauma mm -hmm. and it's just something that they use to like show that he's had trauma and because of this trauma he now has these personalities that help move the plot of the story mm-hmm so starting with Attorney Wu, what do we think makes this show stand out from the average like legal drama or stand out from the previous shows we listed that showed mental health or a uh, mental disorder? I think you can't even uh, talk about how it stands out from other legal dramas because it was so popular. Hmm. Like it wasn't just like a popular one in that, yeah. Category, right? Mm. It was just like a, the biggest Korean drama this year. Yes. Right. Mm. So internationally, like yeah. even um, the CEO, it got so big, even the CEO of Netflix, like had Whoa. to mention it several times in like meetings oh, and stuff. Mm. And uh, he said it was like one of those shows where like he's glad he has like people who work in Korea who are in Korea, not people from Netflix they sent to Korea, but in Korea who understand the market because mm. that's a show that maybe they wouldn't have picked up. Right. But they trusted the team in Korea and they were like, no, because they bought it when the first episode bombed. 
But then they were like, no, there's something to this show, right? Mm. So going back to like what makes it stand out, I think it was kind of a bit of a lightning in a bottle where it was like a very, even though it was dealing with heavy stuff, like every episode made you happy. It was like always like, not an uplifting show, but it was like a very uh, like- uh, Heartwarming. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it handled all those like dark things and serious things and political things in a way that didn't depress you. And I think that's what people wanted yeah. at that time when it came out. So it was kind mm-hmm. of like a, almost uh, like Squid Game, but like a different envisioning of it. Where Whoa. It's talk, it's talk, <laughs> Squid Game. That, that was like the previous hit, right? That's a hot take. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, right. I, I'm not even the first one to say it. Like a mm-hmm. lot of people compared it where it was like a different vision of those same mm-hmm, dark mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. but yeah. done in a positive light or done in a way where you didn't. Here's like, you know, there's a way where the filmmaker can, like tell you something and try to hit you over the head or make you feel really bad about it. Or another way where somebody's trying to tell you something and teach you something. And there was like more explicit teaching you of things in this show, but they did it in a way where you didn't leave like bummed out or like you couldn't go to bed at night or, Mm. you know, it was much more enriching and it was much more like emotionally textured, right? Where um, Squid Game was just one tone all the way through. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, This mm -hmm. had texture. It had so much, so many layers to it. So mm-hmm. I think that's what made it stand out was it was such a deep and uh, rich show. Much more tones and much more positivity. And also it just, it broke from a lot of like formula mold. Yeah. Um, I think because the, the writer came from movies, came specifically from indie movies. Mm. So she said in an interview, she doesn't even know what K-drama formula is. So she couldn't even stick to them because she didn't know right. them. Nice. Yeah. So that's why there's a lot of times you watch and you think, oh, it's going to go this certain way. And she wasn't even intentionally trying not to go that way. She just didn't know what that way was. She just like went the way uh, she was thinking. She was thinking of it like as a, like a really long movie. That's how she mm-hmm. wrote it. Mm-hmm. And it was written by one person. Wow. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It uh, reminds me of Di- no, not Dynamite. Permission to Dance. Because I know this is like a stretch, but like okay, in the chorus, yeah. they have the going with this. they have the sign language <laughs> in the chorus, you know, and people were super pumped about that. That was permission to dance, right? Yes. Where they have the yeah. sign language in the in the chorus, and people are super pumped about that because they're like, oh, they're like you know explicitly, you know, being inclusive of deaf people, and I think extraordinary attorney Wu, kind of like what you guys were saying earlier. Usually, the person who is quote unquote mentally ill is not the main character and it's not shown in a positive light and it's not like their story arc or their character arc is not portrayed um, in that kind of way. And so the show kind of put her front and center or like put that identity front and center. And uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, not glorified it, but like validated, validated it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Made it like the winner, made it the hero. And I think that was like, really appealing to a lot of people and it probably makes a lot of people kind of like you were saying heartwarming you know yeah yeah, yeah. Really like good. the market is ready yeah. for it i think it also had a similar vibe to that song like you watch it and it has kind of that k-pop like permission oh. to dance kind of vibe where yeah right like you <laughs> you are kind of grooving with her you're vibing mm-hmm, with her it's mm-hmm. just like i think another difference is attorney Wu. there's no bad guy Right. You were just talking about how shows have like some ominous bad character. Mm. This show, nobody's a bad person. Everybody actually like, uh, 
even the people you think are bad ultimately are not even bad. Yeah, they yeah, all, like the second manager who's always like on his back stretcher or whatever. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like was nobody thinking of the, is, the coworker, Kwam yeah. Min Woo. There was yeah. that his yeah, name? Slick haired guy. Yeah. I mean the I mean the first person that you thought formulaically should be the bad guy was like her boss, right? When she first mm-hmm. walks into the guy's oh, yeah. tall guy's office with the glasses, nice. right? He was not nice. Yeah. But then they like turned that around within like two or three episodes. And you're like, okay, I guess this isn't the bad guy. Yeah, then he became like the, like the dream manager. I was like, right, what? Yeah. Can Where we can do I get a manager like that? On this episode. <laughs> no, oh, because yeah, they yeah, do that very do quickly. Yeah. Okay. No, that's not even a spoiler because right. they do those things very quickly, oh, like, yeah. right away. It's not it's not one. like a slow burn. Yeah. Like so you so whenever you think, and that's not even a good way to pitch it to think like, oh, like that's not what the show is about. It's trying to right. guess who is going to be the saboteur. Right, but right. you go in there because you're trained by K-dramas and yes. you keep thinking, you <laughs> yeah. keep, proje- you keep projecting. The twist? Yes. Oh, the you keep projecting. The yeah. right? You keep projecting like this is going to be the new saboteur that it's going to sabotage yeah. your career or this person. And it's like, none of them turn out to be that way. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. just are all people and they all co- are coming from their own places. But ultimately, they're not trying to be like bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's pretty different from Flower of Evil. <laughs> Yo, that does, no, that's a really good point that yeah. the way Attorney Wu uh, characters are written illuminates this like really over the top villain portrayal in, that that is just like necessary, it seems, in almost yeah. all other shows. Mm-hmm. That there has to be there has to be someone who's just in it to hurt people, just mm-hmm. evil to the core. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm used to it. And so I was looking for it in Attorney Wu. But when I think about it, like it's quite lazy, like harm and violence and like hurting people. It ha- like we all do it and we all like everybody has justifiable quote or valid reasons to do stuff like that every day. And like, it's even tied to larger systems of oppression that make us compete and sabotage each other. So I know we're going to get into that later, but Mm -hmm. yeah, like this, this part of the discussion made me think about like why I dislike the like Disney villain (laughs) version of the Mm -hmm. bad guy that I see in K dramas. It's just not, it's not real. It's not human. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. emotionally textured, as Sam would say. <laughs> yeah, I really like your <laughs> your word choice there, all the tones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and also in trying to research Flower of Evil, because I haven't seen it, right? Like mm-hmm. Amr, I had to just Google stuff about it. And then a lot of things that come up are like pictures from the show, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so those of you who've watched it will know better. But I think another difference is like Flower of Evil, even though it's dealing with like more like suspense and actual like much more... Uh, villainous characters and darker things, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, just from what I saw from the pictures, everybody looked really pretty, like much more, cla- <laughs> yeah, much yeah, more yeah. classical, <laughs> yes. like classically pretty All that you would models. see in K dramas, right? Yeah, it's like evil, but everybody's like gorgeous. Mm. Whereas I, yeah. I think, I think Attorney Wu was like, I mean, of course, people are like good looking, but it's like they they were much more uh, inclusive of like not only mm-hmm. like uh, you know different types of uh uh like from uh neurotypical to to neuroatypical right like uh, uh people like that but also of different body types different not just genders but there were like queer characters in there openly queer characters th- people on different scales of 
autism, right? So they showed her and several different people who were on different different ends of the spectrum, right? So they were much more uh, inclusive and, uh, and representing of different mm. types of people, different bodies, different looks, mm-hmm. like, you know, right? like, I guess they're all like good looking, but like compared to other K-dramas, they're not yeah, like they're that. Not yeah. They look like good looking yeah. normal people, right? right? Yeah. And attorney Wu, yeah. She like kind of grew on you, but you she I, before yeah. this you wouldn't consider like a classic like K drama, mm-hmm. like no. uh, mm-hmm. leading woman, the unfortunate right? Unfortunate haircut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she grows on you, right? So everybody yeah. grew on you. They developed this charm, you know. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that was the big thing, especially in episode three, where you're introduced to the son of the Chebel who is also on the autism spectrum, but who is on the exact opposite of the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And even even before he walks in the door in in the scene, you hear like the ground thumping and he's just portrayed as this this massive, aggressive force in the the drama. But he in actuality is is not the like the, the villain that people are assuming he is, especially when the public hears about this case and they will goes through all those comments about people commenting on autism. And it's like, mm-hmm. why, mm-hmm. why did this autistic person who, who probably killed his, his brother have to survive while his brother died, who was mm-hmm. like this medical student and mm-hmm. this person who was supposed to make yeah. society better. Ooh. I like mm-hmm. that episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's good that they, they showed those comments. That's how some people really think. Yeah. I would say like attorney Wu is probably also, if you like beat by beat, like pay attention to everything that happens from beginning to end, the whole series is probably one of the most radical uh, K-dramas I've ever seen. Maybe Ooh. even more, Same maybe more. even more radical, whoa, whoa. <laughs> maybe even more radical than Squid Game, I would say. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Get, get into it. Why do you say that? I, like I said, like it's different visions of like telling the story about Korea, right? Squid Game like alluded to a lot of things. It drew like it was fantasy ultimately, right? So it was like drawing these parallels and like making allegories. Where in this, because I think of the plot device of the character, she often just said the criticisms out loud mm, right. uh, of the structure. Like in one of the episodes, like think about how they handled a North Korean migrant in South Korea. Yeah, they both talked a little bit about discrimination, but this one was much more about the discrimination, they brought in uh, a character in there who's like basically Korean Trump, mm. right? And like portrayed it like only Korean Trumpers were the ones who want the destruction of North Korea, right? And they very much portrayed it like, no, but us, the rest of us, we want like peace. And she, mm. she the, the, how the case went is she like explained how North Korean laws, I couldn't believe it, she said, North Korean laws are much more fair than our laws. <laughs> like she was oh, like, damn. she read, from Kim Il Sung's like law book, right? Like the, mm. the people you normally associate everything with that guy in the West, right? As being pure evil, they didn't evil. say anything. They didn't, never mentioned anything evil about the guy or portrayed him in an evil way. They just said he wrote this law book, and he's and in this in the laws there is like what she would have done. It would have been much assessed much more fairly. It's much less punitive. Like they straight up said that. That North Korea, do you remember this, right? Mm -hmm. That North Korea is much less punitive than here. And there was nobody like, nobody like saying like, oh, you're you're brainwashed or whatever. (laughs) They just let that sit. They just let that, those statements lie where it is. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So they just said it. Like there was a lot, that's not the only time. There was like a lot more moments like that. Like there yes. was like the whole children's liberation thing where oh, they were like- yeah, I love that. Training, <laughs> training like little gorillas. So give you some context that mm-hmm. the gorillas who trained in the mountains, right? To, to fight the oppressors that is what eventually became the DPRK. So the freedom fighter, the Korean freedom fighters, like think about it, right? Yeah. Land, we're, Korea is a peninsula, right? Where yeah. are you going to go to hide? You can't run south. You have to be able to run north <laughs> yeah. to hide, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like these people, the freedom fighters obviously then were in the north hiding back and forth, coming back uh, up and down from China, hiding in the mountains away from the Japanese, right? And then the whole like liberation army, right? That That is like the whole like socialist post-code war. Yeah. That's not just Korea. And yep. that's not just China. That's like the Black Liberation Armies. Like there's so yes. many, the, the, you know, like that's Vietnam. That's what like, I thought of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the Black No, that Liberation was intentional. Army. Like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't say that just like no. ad hoc. Like that was very intentional. So yes. I think the writer herself had had has very radical politics. If you ever see her, she looks like, um, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, I guess she... You can only go so much by how she looks, but she, how you would think of a very like progressive person is how she came off, right? Mm. No, thank you. Thank you for bringing up those, those two episodes. I think it's like, yeah, I, I definitely felt the same way you did about the Children's Liberation Army. Mm-hmm. I just like loved it and I wanted it to succeed. And yeah. I was, I was like shocked. I was like, they're letting these statements just hang. And they're really saying that... <laughs> Like, the, yeah, the way that the writers portrayed those uh, scenes was like, yeah, they agree with the criticisms mm-hmm. of the school system and parenting. And like they want they want us to reconsider the ways that we we control and imprison uh, children. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're totally right. I right, think it was still, it, still having I, those conversations. It didn't end with Sky Castle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it was twofold, right? I think it wasn't just making an indictment of the school system, but I think that was using that to also like do uh, education about like, well, if you're, if you're agreeing here, maybe some of those movements in the past mm-hmm. that you thought were bad also weren't that bad, right? right. I think they literally, what do they call them? Like chairman or general or something like yes. that? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Like literally making allusions to those yeah. movements, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's another difference too, I think, is in Korea, most Koreans, unle- other than like the really hard right-wingers, most Koreans don't have those type of negative views of the DPRK like mm-hmm. people here do. Mm-hmm. So they often project those views they have here and think, oh, that's how all Koreans must feel. And it's like, not like that, because if they mm-hmm. felt that way, why would they constantly protest for mm-hmm. unification? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't right. want you you wouldn't want to be unified with something you consider evil, right? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't really seen many other dramas go as far as the North Korean episode here did mm-hmm. in affirming, yeah, just North Korean law society. So, so yeah, I guess I wonder. Yeah, it's 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 really important context to remember the situation over there for us, like especially non-Korean American viewers. Um, we need to like consider our positionality and what we've been conditioned to believe about North Korea yeah. first, and then yeah, consider how is it over in South Korea. Yeah, it's almost like a decoder ring where even if you mm. think you're like the biggest K drama fan and you know everything about it, if you 
look up the history of the Korean War and what actually went down and look up the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission that happened in 2010, then all those same K-dramas you saw that you thought you understood just from that education, they will all change. They will all recalibrate because mm. like it's always, I, I don't know how to say it. It's not like they're even trying to send messages. It's just such a part of like the Korean psyche. It always reveals itself in their media, whether mm. they want to or not. Then you'll catch all those references, all those illusions that you didn't know before. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really helpful. Yeah. So before we move on to more in-depth Flower of Evil discussion, uh, we reached out to one of our good friends of the podcast, K-Pop Sociology, to hear her thoughts on Extraordinary Woo and what makes the show special. Michaela, want to read one of her answers? I think Extraordinary Woo fits into the overall trend of Korean dramas highlighting social problems and challenging people's stereotypes. I've seen online comments saying the viewers are now more aware of autism as a spectrum, as opposed to the same symptoms across everyone. I think Woo Young Woo moved the needle on raising public awareness and breaking down stereotypes for people on the autism spectrum. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it, but maybe yeah, let's hear it. we'll jump in after. No, uh, no, let's go. I just have a lot of mixed feelings about the portrayal of any kind of marginalized identity on TV mm. or in movies. Um, especially when it's portrayed in a very classed way. Like Woo Young Woo is an attorney, first of all, right? She's not like a poor person or a criminal. And like the portrayal of autism as like, don't worry, autistic people are just like you. They're harmless. They can also be professionals. They can also be civilized and, you know, yada, yada, yada. That just r- totally rubs me the wrong way. I'm always like, why can't they be enough? Why can't they be deserving for who they are? regardless of whatever scientific classification you can put on the way they think or behave. Like, mm-hmm. um, it just makes me feel like if you have one of these, like, properly diagnosed mental illnesses that is considered harmless, like, you you kind of can start getting a pass. You'll still be marginalized. You can start getting a pass. But if, you know, but it doesn't really solve the problem of, like, who do we define as mentally ill in the first place? Flower of Evil gets into this a lot more as like hmm. criminals are just straight up considered mentally ill on that show. Mm. And it's like, yeah, that's that's just one of the things like I don't disagree with the comment, actually. I think K-pop sociology is making a really good point that like people are stuck in the like one dimensional mindset of like you're either neurotypical or you're in, you know, quote unquote crazy. So it's like helping a little bit on that front. But it just it just always feels like crumbs to me when uh, when that mm. kind of stuff comes out um, when when things like that are portrayed and I yeah know like why we, is attorney yeah. Wu like a genius like did she have yeah, to be written yeah, yeah. as like the best lawyer to have ever like practiced law <laughs> yeah I thought it's a bit overboard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but anyway I just wanted to put that out there I think there's a line. Uh, actually, a couple of times, she literally said what you said. Mm. In the show? Yeah, I only yeah. saw a few episodes, like the child the child. Wait, which one of you has seen the whole thing? But I've seen okay. it. So me. do you remember when she gives like a lecture They're not where she's like, they're not just like me. There's all kinds of different people. And mm-hmm. like, you, we don't, I don't have, you don't have yeah. to be a lawyer to like be valued mm. as. So yeah. like, mm-hmm. so that your whole speech, she said in the show. 
Yeah, she even get, she goes into the history of it, like talks about like who. Oh, Hans she talks Oscar about Nazis. Was. Yeah, she talks oh, about wow. Nazis. Wow. She mm. talks about this classification of people. To your point, mm-hmm. she said Nazis invented that, and then mm-hmm, they even mm-hmm. like did a random like. Uh, uh, it wasn't even a flashback. They just put newsreels from. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that was like the only time where like it was like they were just trying to be educational. They just like mm-hmm. touching the whole thing, and so when because it was being released. Um, I, was it being released weekly or like, I don't know, but the online conversation was like when that episode dropped and people mm-hmm. saw it, all these people on Twitter were like, I did not know autism was a, a classification that was invented or created by Nazis because yeah. of their eugenics program, mm-hmm. because it was almost like mm-hmm. they needed to create a spectrum to figure out where we need a test because, because yeah, if you're not, there's some dies. people. Yeah. Not not only that, right? Like there's people where like they're on the spectrum, so they're not obvious. So they could even mm-hmm, be hiding mm-hmm. among us. So right. their scale of uh, what's normal was so pure, mm, they yeah. needed Gross. a way to spot the ones that were hidden amongst Ooh. them who could pass uh, as normal, right? Uh, but now we use that. Now we use oh that, that, yeah. that classification. Yo. So yeah. in very yeah. early in the show, they even question the whole why does this classification even exist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with the whole genius thing, I don't think that ha- in, in in the U.S. I think that's often associated with autism. But if mm. you watch K dramas, the genius photographic memory thing is just like a normal K drama. Tr- yeah. Tr- yeah, that is. Yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. have Pretty, to be autistic. Every detective, like, every, every main every main character every main in character. a K drama can do that. <laughs> Perfect memory, like yeah, the answer to the case just comes to them like in a stroke of genius. That's true. Yeah, That's yeah. true. I call it, like Amr and I joke about this. It's like I call it Dejangum syndrome. Yeah, yeah, we call it Dejangum. Yeah. That the main that for some reason the main character is just always smarter than everyone else. Mm-hmm. They end up having yes. the right answer. Yeah, and every episode. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I think yeah, I think in uh like US tropes, right? Um, it's like the Mary Sue character where it's like the female assistant knows mm-hmm. everything. If you're familiar mm-hmm. with that, I yeah. think yeah. in Korean dramas, it's the main character. Instead of the side character being like that, that's the main character. It's right, the main right, character. Right. Yes, but yes. It's so the, strange. the awkward Mary Sue is yeah. the main yeah, character. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so strange she would give a speech like that or like shed light on that when her, like that, the whole idea that these classifications are based on racist eugenics doesn't fly with the legal system. Like the legal system is built on these classifications is built on like the class and race higher and gender hierarchy. Yeah. And if, if it's true that you woo young woo <laughs> thinks these classifications are bullshit, how does she like, that's cool. I, I believe that maybe she believes that, but like, I would love to see an episode where she tries to square that with her job, which is like to decide who's free and who's not free, like who's guilty and who's not guilty, which is so, based on yeah. these same classifications. Without that, now we might actually have some spoilers, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah go ahead. Why ahead. she even wants to be a lawyer is like something that comes up because mm-hmm. just your point isn't the only thing. That's like mm-hmm. one of many things where she right. starts questioning this whole system. Mm-hmm. And then it, like, she kind of does it. And then over and over, she, because I think part of how she sees the world as like this structured thing. And mm-hmm. so for her, law was perfect and, and like everything mm-hmm. made sense. For her, she needs things to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she realized like law isn't so consistent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Law is like controlled by the those in power. Mm-hmm, and yep. that that is part of like a so like each ep- is episode that's another reason why it's a later episode. Oh, okay. I was yeah, I was really like, like I, I was encouraging her. I'm like, yes, go all the way. 
abolition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then it's just, she like talked that. to other people for advice. They like walked her back off the cliff. <laughs> well, here's the thing though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Before, before they finished filming all the episodes, they had a n- one way they were going to end. Then they already got greenlit for season two. Mm. So that's why towards the end, they dragged out like the Cheju mm. Island. They oh, dragged man. out all these things because mm. they already had greenlit for season two. Dang. So they're like, okay, we can't end it. Yeah, <laughs> We uh, got to keep some sense. of this going. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mentioned is this is only the first season of Yeah, of yeah, yeah. She'll it's be back. We, yeah. She learns to become an, a lawyer and then the second season how she becomes an extraordinary attorney. So <laughs> we'll see how that would that actually translate to in the next mm-hmm. season. So I guess that's another difference, right? A lot of other K-dramas, you don't know if they're going to come back for season two where this yeah. one, you know for mm. sure is coming yeah, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to come back around to Flower of Evil, Amar, I really liked your naming of the relationship between the criminal justice system and the classification of mentally ill versus normal. Would you mind, I don't know, telling us a little bit about how Flower of Evil approaches that relationship or question in your view? Yeah, so I like binge watched it a second time just for this episode (laughs) (laughs) and took like a whole bunch of notes. And it was really fascinating to watch. I I think, and like, I was pretty entertained by it until later, later on, it gets super convoluted, but yeah, yeah, the ending. <laughs> but yeah, it does bring up some, some pretty interesting issues, uh, even though I think the show does like an extremely propagandistic job actually of talking about them. But it, uh, there's this very, very clear and uh, repeated theme in the show. I would say it's probably one of the primary themes besides cops are good, trust them, mm-hmm. which is that criminals are bad people. And the show defines this in multiple different ways. Um, There's a scene where the main character who is diagnosed with genetic antisocial personality disorder, Mm -hmm. even though they never really go into that. He's suspected for a crime and he's married to one of the detectives on on the case. And at a certain point, she does try to start helping him clear his name. And the other cop, though, doesn't trust him still and goes to their house to arrest him. And when he learns the story behind his quote unquote crime, he decides not to arrest him. Uh, They have this like tense conversation where they're waiting on him to say, okay, you're under arrest. And he goes, all right. And then he uses his fake identity, have a good life. And he walks out. And then the main character asks his wife, like, why didn't he arrest me? If he, obviously he knows the truth that I've been trying to hide from him this whole time. And she looks at him dead in the eye and goes, because you're not a bad person and we only arrest bad people. <laughs> and the show reinforces this like very intentionally. Like it's, it's an insane thing to say and think. And there's just a lot of like pro cop, like the show is a cop drama. So it's about how the cops are like humans, like really good people. They know right versus wrong. They're out there to save and protect us, blah, blah, blah. I won't get into how that's completely bullshit. But like the main character is, diagnosed with this disorder and he internalizes it, which is like one of the most tragic things about the show actually. Yeah. Is that when people um, ask him about his life or when people ask him like, do you love your wife? Or even when he's getting cross-examined on the stand and they're like, didn't you deceive your family for 15 years by not telling them who you are? He like says, like, he like blames himself for all those things. He's like, yeah, I'm not capable of feeling love. I'm not capable of having these emotions. There's something wrong with me. 
Um, that, that's what he's been told his whole life mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Th- the society around him since he was a teenager has told him like, you cannot feel anything. You mm-hmm. are, you are a monster. You are a criminal. You're not worthy of, of any of these positive things in society. Yes. Yes. And that's the key point of the whole narrative is that mm-hmm. he's not worthy of the, of all the positive things in society. And it's like, it alienates the audience from the criminal identity like if you can't be a criminal if you're a good person. And so you have nothing to fear from the cops. You have nothing to fear from state or state violence because it only targets bad people who are criminals. And then the last thing I'll say is the actual villain of the show. This is like the opposite of Attorney Wu, Sam, where there's like a villain who is like pure evil, like pure <laughs> evil. Like since he's a kid, he was killing people. Oh, man. Like serial, he was a serial killer as a child and then goes into a coma. And then, I mean, spoiler alert, he wakes up and uh, continues killing people. <laughs> and every scene he's in, he's like not a relatable human being. Like he does the whole, you know, like neck cricking, like, and like oh yeah, 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 when he talks to people like you, you're the like one the I was like the grudge, for. Yeah, 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 and he's just like patently insane, and yeah, that's like another way that the show just reinforces like that there is this very distinct good and bad binary that there yeah. are like good people who are not criminals, and then there are bad people who are criminals, and the bad people they're not like you and me, they're like aliens mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, so, and even, yeah, even his his yeah. wife Stephanie, we talked about yeah. this. Even his wife, the cop, once she suspects that her husband is a criminal, decides to trigger mm-hmm. and and traumatize him to make him admit that he's a criminal mm-hmm. by taking him to this place that he's extremely traumatized by playing him this audio that triggers his past trauma with his his mm-hmm. that triggers yeah. his past trauma. Yeah. But this is his wife. Like yes, mm-hmm. it's it it completely negates all that. You she's clearly a cop cornering a criminal, not yes. a yes. woman who was married to this man for how many years or so. Yeah. They have a child, like yeah. The, the, the all of that means nothing. Versus criminal persona completely takes over in that mm-hmm. that Ooh. aspect of the show. Yeah, that scene made me so angry. Me so too. Angry. <laughs> Especially because she's portrayed off. as the one who's like. She's portrayed as the one who, like, we're supposed to relate to. And, like, she's in love with him. And, like, she she's throws the all normal these person, yeah. morally righteous. Yeah. Uh, about how he deceived her and now she can't trust him. And, like, mm-hmm. she's depicted that way. And he's portrayed as the suspicious one. And I'm watching that scene and I'm like, what the? <laughs> like, how? How is she the one who supposedly knows empathy and knows love? And he's the one that doesn't. Like, yeah, this she's is literally seeing her, like, her husband like having violent. a panic attack, unable mm-hmm. to breathe, collapsing on the floor. And yeah. she's pulling her gun out to yeah. shoot him. <laughs> yeah. She's just like cold, yeah. ruthless. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> L- let me ask a question for you, for all of you mm. who've watched this then. Mm-hmm. Would you say then this isn't a show, it sounds like that, it's not a show that's trying to break the mold of the genre, but... That despite that, do you feel like this was still a good show? Because staying within the genre is still executed that genre really mm-hmm. well with like twists that you didn't expect. Like, would you still say yeah. it was good while while sticking to the formula? I would say up to a point. There's a point <laughs> in the very later episodes oh, where yeah. there's uh, too many twists. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I would say they execute it really well. Like, it's super compelling, I would say, up until episode 12. Episode 12 mm-hmm. is where... I feel like the like spirit of the show actually ends and like all the main threads get closed <laughs> and the main character gets absolved and all these things. And then they kind of like 
wake the real villain up from the coma and then it goes kind of off the rails for the last <laughs> three episodes yeah. or four episodes yeah. and i because i was like really in, even though i was hate watching it i was like really into it up until that point <laughs> i know and then after that point i was like like and it's well done like it's like oh, the, good, the acting, like, good acting like the acting yeah. Is suspense. Superb. yeah that's the, that's the thing that saves it for, for yeah. the fans of the show is that despite all of its shortcomings and it falling into these cliches of k-drama the actors like in this drama like uh, Lee Jung-gi's portrayal of this character Moon Jae-won's portrayal of these character and their mm-hmm. chemistry with each other like that is kind of what really keeps people like going with this story because mm-hmm. of their ability to work with the source material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I enjoyed all of the characters, even the cops, like which I hated the way they were portrayed, <laughs> but I enjoyed how they were acted. I liked uh, the personalities that they like had. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that makes the show like, it's kind of different from attorney Wu in the sense that like, they tried to make the show feel realistic. There's like a gritty, quote unquote, realism, right? There's like mm. a gritty realism to the show. Mm. And that makes it like if you have kind of a lighthearted show like Attorney Wu and you even throw in stuff like the Child Liberation Army and stuff like that, I feel like it's it's just like healthier than making a show that's supposed to seem realistic um, mm-hmm. and then have these like really oppressive themes because then mm. the themes feel more real. Like the mm. fact that the cops are your friends, they feel more real. And that is like disgusting to me. <laughs> like that just mm-hmm. made it so much harder to get over its shortcomings um, because I was like, yeah, but this show takes itself really seriously. And so I can't give it like as much of a pass. Um, mm. It seems it just comes across to me as like more harmful. That said, um, Lee Jung Gi is like a gorgeous human being. Like, just <laughs> I'm so glad much you fun agree. To watch. <laughs> We are in agreement. I, loved, I just loved, <laughs> and there's a lot of shots of just like his face mm-hmm. and he is like masterful um, with like the facial expressions. I don't know. I could just watch so him all day. He's a, like a, he's a black belt, I think, in jujitsu. So every oh, time wow. he's very physical on scene, it's it's real. It's him doing those scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Oh, yes. If the, if the main character or one of the main characters is evil in K-dramas, they're always like gorgeous, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Not the yeah. one with, who's like stalking in the back, but like the right, main right, characters, right? right? Mm. Yeah. Like the, the evil one is always mm. so good looking. Yeah. Which just like yeah. adds to the evil, right? Of course, <laughs> yeah, on top yeah, of all yeah. that, you're good looking. Yeah, Damn. he's the one that they suspect all show. He turns out to be like the good guy, but yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was kind of, that was something that was interesting about the show is that his character is kind of written like a villain. Oh. Like, yeah. And he does these things that like in the first couple episodes, they show him like practicing how to smile because, you know, he thinks <laughs> right. he can't feel emotions. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's, you know, fucked up. Like it reinforces the like, well, yeah, he's got to be suspicious. Who needs to do that? If like every, all of us mm. feel happiness except these criminal mm-hmm. bad guys. But like, um, yeah. And he just like uh, does such a good job being that character and you really do think you're like it's it's kind of disorienting you're like okay this is the main character but i'm obviously supposed to be very suspicious of him right um and it's kind of different uh which i also enjoyed about it it's a little different than a lot of shows where obviously this is the good guy it's It's hard to to draw comparisons Mm -hmm. like when we were i was trying Mm -hmm. to think of like an example of like how to explain it to to a western audience so i think of shows like dexter or on netflix or breaking bad where you're you're following an anti-hero through the whole show Mm -hmm. but because idrugi is the the male lead he can't really be a serial killer he can't really kill (laughs) people 
he, yeah. It's the the impression of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I'm down. Like I, I'd stay with him. No, <laughs> <laughs> even if he kills people. I mean, but yeah, they, I, yeah, because right? that's the appeal of all those yeah. other shows I just listed. You're mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. following somebody who is evil, but mm. you're still understanding them as a as a human in mm-hmm, a sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. what, what yeah. comes to mind for me have have any of you seen the K dramas Bad Guy or Nice Guy, the Kim Nam Gil and Song Joong Ki like revenge dramas. No, they're very no. similar. Okay. Um, okay, but they have like a gorgeous male lead who <laughs> is just like the center of the story, like carrying out a long game, like lifelong revenge plot against mm. like the rich family that uh, that hurt them as a child. Mm. And mm. I think you're introduced to their motivation very early. And so you're like, yeah, we're on your side. And the people you're going up against are terrible. Like, yeah, cut them up, jack them up. (laughs) But yeah, in Flower of Evil, we did not get, I I think it took at least a few episodes before we could, we got the Mm -hmm. truth about the childhood motivations. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But then, then like, oh, once we got that, then it turned, he turned into one of those characters, someone who was really hurt as a child and Mm -hmm. like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, of course he would become messed up. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to come back around to the message Flower of Evil is trying to send about what kind of people hurt others, what mm-hmm. kind of people mm-hmm. harm mm-hmm. other people. Like there's a very clear, strong message where they're trying to tie harming or killing others mm-hmm. with some... I don't want to say mental illness, but like, but no, uh, yeah, like people who yeah. are well, are not well adjusted or are not high people who are would the be only people who would hurt. get some kind of psychiatric diagnosis mm-hmm. are the ones who are the only ones who are capable of mm-hmm. like killing or harming mm-hmm. others because like they're not normal. They mm-hmm. lack empathy. These are like exact lines from the show. Yeah, mm. they're evil people. Lack empathy. Not normal. Can't can't feel emotion that it's sociopath mm-hmm. psychopath so, yeah. mm-hmm. um there's all of these little quips or quotes in the show that mm. like come off like science or statistics mm-hmm. they're like actually yeah. three three percent of psychopath blah 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 what yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah i really mm-hmm. want to interrogate that and question that and just like push back against it because mm-hmm. people People from every social class, every type of mind, every race be like hurting, punching, killing, harming each other all the time. It is not it is not this like, oh, one percent of the population is capable of harming and we're all normal over here. Yeah, I really don't don't like that framing it. And and that's that's the kind of framing that in the U.S. context justifies increased surveillance and police. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, racism. don't trust anyone that, yeah, racism, <laughs> like you can't mm-hmm. trust them. There's like criminals lurking around. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Like that, that's yeah. used as propaganda for the state mm-hmm. um, for why we all need to be under surveillance and controlled. So I just see that, that thread in this drama and it concerns me. Like, mm-hmm. where is it? Where is it coming from? What's it being used for in the Korean context? Because I know it's to like round up black people in the U.S. <laughs> like, yeah, why? Yeah, why yeah. is K drama like peddling this? Yeah, mm, yeah, so yeah. The much. message is clear that like you're not safe without the police. 
like that there's just some inherently there's people who are inherently are evil and want to hurt you mm-hmm. and the only people who are equipped to deal with them are the police that's kind of mm-hmm. like the overarching message and yeah in the united states context that's definitely a racist um based on the racial hierarchy and the class hierarchy like hardcore and maybe that's the same question as like how does that come across <laughs> in the korean context well like the first thing i want to address is what Pidinim was talking about mm-hmm. with like, how do you explain this to a Western audience? Mm-hmm. And and let's defer, let's forget that we're talking about K-dramas for a second. Just examining US media, not even like all of Western media, but US media, there's been lots of self-interrogation, a lot of articles about how US more than any other country like loves anti-hero stories and like mm. questioning, um, like what is that doing to society? Like, you know, then you'll have filmmakers being like, why are you rooting for this person? Like you're getting the wrong message. And it's like, are they getting the wrong message? Or are you, or does the U.S. have an obsession with mm-hmm. always making the bad guy like the main character, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have somebody who's like a good character that has like actual like, a, like they're, they're coming from a place of being oppressed and they have like valid criticisms and demands. Mm-hmm. And then you make them Right, the uh, anti yes. good guy. Oh right? my god, yeah. Black like every, every yeah, yes. every Disney Michael B. Thing. Jordan. Yes, yeah, yeah. <gasps> every. I guess even with the new one, right? Like mm-hmm. the indigenous yeah. people are the yeah. bad guys, right? Exactly. Oh, I haven't seen it. Wow. So Man. the bad guys become the main characters, and <laughs> mm-hmm. then like the the good guys become like the uh, the 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 bad guys. So there's a lot of that, like uh, yes, the uh, Japanese filmmaker, um, like who uh, auteur uh, Hayao Miyazaki, who's known for anime. You know, the Studio Ghibli guy. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah Spirit of the Way. Yeah. All that. Mm, okay. he, he wouldn't go to the Oscars. He right. doesn't like watching American stuff because he says like their moral compass is so off. Like, oh, wow. it's all about putting the bad guys as uh, the main characters. It's like, you know, when characters die, like you don't give them any like qualia. Like they, they're just like, you know, a non-playable character that you just killed off. So <laughs> yeah. like, the violence doesn't even matter. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it, it, and it's a very individualistic story, right? And mm. and so yes. a lot of things, not just the Korean stuff, but a lot of things outside of like yeah. US media can't be explained here because we tell stories so differently here. Mm. It's always from mm. the main character's perspective. So if you want to tell a story about something and that you want to make that the main crux of the story, you usually make that the main character, right? Mm-hmm. If it's yeah. about like evil, it's about the uh, the ugliness of Wall Street, you have to make those people the main mm. character, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that is like, it's a different type of storytelling. So that's why a lot of, not just Korean dramas and stuff like Flower yeah. of Evil would be hard to explain. It's just like Americans are just so used to putting the bad guys in charge. So you finding, so you would expect this guy to be a Dexter. You you don't think of it mm-hmm. like as a, yeah. a good guy who might be like, you know, mistaken for a bad right, guy. That's right, like right. something, yeah. that's like something from like back in the day, American media from like back <laughs> yeah, in the day, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but to the point about like uh, police, uh, I think th- I think there's a little bit of a, like a, a, a sorting bias where it's like a lot of the things that are available on Netflix or whatever I think is, are the things, the Korean dramas that yeah. they think appeals to the West, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That makes so sense. like they, they do a lot. I see like 
When I think yeah. of K-dramas even today, and when I talk to like uh, other Koreans and we talk about recommendations or like my wife is in one of those cacao chats and they're talking about mm-hmm. um, like uh, K-dramas that, you know, other Koreans are watching, they're never talking about these police shows. Yeah. But to your yeah, point, yeah. when I look on Netflix, <laughs> yeah, there's so many about serial oh killers yes. or whatever, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. Which is much more closer to like, um, mm. you know, uh, American shows, right? Totally. Mm. So I think there is like that bit of a sorting bias, right? Where yeah. they're like, okay, this is probably what appeals to Western audiences. Like this is how we introduce them mm. to Korean dramas. We give them the Korean propaganda, right? Mm. Yeah, and then yeah. from there, you could get introduced to the other stuff, right? But yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. give them something familiar. <laughs> yeah, and there and there there's so many different <laughs> there's so many different genres of K drama now. But yeah. I think even still to this day, a lot of times, like a cr- typical K drama, eighty percent of the time is like a family story or a story yeah. about a group of people and all their inner yeah. lives intertwining. Yeah. I think that's yeah. still the crux of most Korean shows. So, that's so these true. type of cop shows or like searching for a killer are more like these outlier shows that are like trying mm-hmm. to appeal to people who are more used to Korean movies and trying mm. to get onboard them, right? Or just, so I, yeah, the like the top sense. shows on Netflix are always those true crime, Jeffrey Dahmer, mm. oh, like yeah. documentaries. <laughs> Netflix to, viewers yeah. in general love that shit anyways, uh, right? Yeah, so you gotta yeah, give yeah. the, here's the, here's the docu-series version of it. Here's the uh-huh, fictionalized uh-huh, series yes, of yeah. it. Oh my God. <laughs> here's the fictionalized version of a real no life more. thing about yeah, it. Here's the yeah. Korean version of that. Right. Here's like the Spanish version of that. Here's the Norwegian version of that, Right? Please. Like, you look at all their foreign stuff, right? Yeah. Like there's that, a lot of yeah. Norwegian yeah. stuff the, the on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of Norwegian stuff, European stuff. All of them mm-hmm, are about like mm-hmm. serial killers too. Yeah, I know. that's true. <laughs> that's really helpful. Yeah. Like just, yeah, being being a fan, I, I scroll through Netflix and Vicky and see like what's available. But when I go and look at like Drama Beans, for example, a K-drama blog to look mm-hmm. for what should I watch next, it's often dramas that are not available for streaming on, mm, on yeah. those platforms. It's yeah. stuff that only played in Korea and is like not licensed over here. And I'm like, dang it. And Netflix I need to- doesn't want that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, give me the give me the cop shows. Give me the gritty like squid game it's, stuff where everybody yeah. It's getting brutalized. Give me yeah, I was yeah. like, when this is a little bit of a tangent, but when I first watched Squid Game, because people were like, "Oh, there's this K drama on Netflix," I, I was like, "That's not a K drama." That's not I a K drama. It did not feel to <laughs> me no, like it's a K drama. It's like a movie. No. That's why. That's why Reed Hastings, I think he's the CEO. He said, like, if it was them, they wouldn't have bought Attorney Wu, right? Right, mm. right. Because it wasn't like gritty enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. It kind of speaks to the ratings point you were making, I think, before we started recording between Flower of Evil and Attorney Wu. Yeah. 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 People wanted something different, especially during the pandemic. Koreans, like the COVID hit Korea so hard, they really wanted something that was much more feel good and heartwarming, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that isn't because of the subject matter of Attorney Wu. It's more about the spirit of the characters, yeah. which is like, they want to be hopeful, even mm-hmm. despite all the things happening. And also, like I said, instead of like um, characters looking to sabotage each other, yeah. whenever she is having a hard time or any of the characters are having a hard time, everybody's like care informed and w- mm. they all want to come together and help and see how they can help each other. And even some of the prickly characters over time, mm-hmm. like they form this uh, uh, found family where it culminates into this beautiful allegory that Attorney Wu makes about the whales. Like the whole time you're seeing whales and you're like, okay, mm. it's kind of like a, a nifty device where is this leading and then she ties then the writer ties it all together to give this analogy about how she's this type of whale 
mm-hmm. that that based on re- some documentary, so some real thing that happened where it it got lost from its pod, and then it found a pod with a different bunch of whales. Mm. And she's like, that's me. That's why I can't oh, leave Korea, right? Uh. Yeah, that's what it was, right? Yeah. She's like, I lost my my pod or I was the only one of my pod. There aren't that many people like me, but this pod, this other pod, that's nothing like me accepted me. And so, and that's like the crux of why the, the show isn't heartwarming, it's wholesome. <laughs> wholesome, <laughs> right? yeah, that's the right it's word. It's like a yeah. very wholesome show, yeah. right? Mm. But to not wholesome, right? To to the second question about cops in Korea. First yeah. of all, I have to point out cops everywhere, most everywhere else are very different from cops here because they're very much less militarized. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> they don't have nearly like like the like LAPD and New York PD combined have a budget bigger than the military of almost every other country. Mm-hmm. To give you a sense of scale. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Like New York by itself it's like their budget is like in the billions of dollars right yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah like that that's more than the military budget of like most countries right so uh-huh. mm-hmm. that that's the difference right they're they're uh, first of all uh less mil- militarized korea also has like much more human rights laws than like the us so mm-hmm. there's like a lot more protections which like sometimes they'll like complain about like oh you're supposed to catch a bad guy blah 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 right <laughs> they have all these human rights blocking the way right but Korea has like had such a history of like U.S. backed dictators and like reactionary mm. times. Whenever they have a moment, unlike the U.S. where they're just trying to like split the difference, like we don't want to go too far, right? We're don't, mm. like we had a right winger win. We can't go too far mm-hmm, towards mm-hmm. progress because then mm-hmm. that'll make people mad. Korea, whenever they have a chance to go the other <laughs> way, they go as as much as they can before they uh-huh. lose yeah, it, right? They go yeah. hard, yeah. I think a lot of countries are like that, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so a lot of those human rights. Uh, laws came during that time. There's a lot more like you know, privacy law protections and things like that. Uh, yeah. Protection against like even like online bullying and stuff like that. So there's, you gotta, you gotta think about that context. Mm. Like the cops don't carry guns in Korea like they do here. They're much more like public safety, right? So I'm giving you a different, like, like the autism spectrum, there's a scale to this, mm-hmm. but the history of it, similar to the US, right? In the US, like cops started as, people who are like militia hired to catch and slave people, right? Yes. Uh, that's the the origins of it. Yeah, because, but why? Up. But why? Mm. Because enslaved people were property. So ultimately they're yeah. protectors of property, yeah. right? Yeah. They were all about protecting property owners, right? Mm-hmm. In Korea, the history of police are Japanese collaborators. So that's yeah. like the, the, the analogy. Thing. Force. Yeah. Which some Korean dramas will bring that up. That's why like mm. a typical Korean drama like not like this kind of stuff, but like a drama that has nothing to do with cops. If there is some moment where cops come, they're typically portrayed in a bad light. They're they're gonna try to like trying to push you for money to, to get a payoff mm. from you, want to mm. bribe. Mm. They don't want to like catch anybody, and they're, or they're always like working for a crooked politician yeah. to like kick people out of their apartments to seize their property. It's always like something like that, right? Because mm-hmm. it goes back, a lot of the writers I think are tend to be, maybe not all of them, but there is this like historical memory of where these people came from. Mm-hmm. Like this yeah, one- It's uh, not that one I, far uh, in the past. I watched called Fi- Fiery Priest. 
I don't know okay. if you... Uh, I, yeah, com- I watched the first episode. <laughs> it's a comedy. It's super yeah. funny, but it has a lot of action. And mm-hmm. then they have a whole scene about like this crooked police chief. And he's like, oh yeah, his great, great, great grandfather was like one of the police, first police uh, chiefs mm. in, in Korea. Ah, yeah. And he was a Japanese collaborator. And then it showed yep. a flashback of the dude like dressed like a samurai. <laughs> oh boy. Took a, took a blood, blood oath. I think they said something like that. He took a blood oath to wow. the Japanese empire, right? Mm. So even then they're addressing the history of... Uh, of cops in Korea, but that's not just cops. That's like the history of institutional power and even Chebors yeah. and a lot of politicians mm-hmm. in Korea is they all go back to Japanese collaborators. So it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. there's that context of it as well. So- And that's like, just, that's you're, you're saying that that is just, that's known, that's common sense, common knowledge in the common, in, in the Korean psyche as they're consuming the dramas. Like, so it yeah, doesn't, it doesn't have to be like. It's not hidden like in the U.S., like where cops came from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think some people, see, everybody knows either some people deny it or some people don't care. Yeah. Uh, and some people acknowledge it. Yeah. Like my yeah. parents uh, never liked cops. It's just mm-hmm. like, was the, you know, uh, their thing, you know, my parents are much older too. So there was like this period where like the really old ones were much more like anti-American. And then they're, uh, so my parents, like my dad was born in the twenties, right? Mm. So my dad was like, could have been the parent. It was like most of my friend's grandparents, right? So the generation after my dad was much more reactionary because they came through like the Park Chung-hee era. Mm. So they came through Mm. a very reactionary period, right? But like they would always like tell me like, yeah, you should not break the laws in Korea because if you do, the cops are going to find you and they're going to torture you. <laughs> like, that's oh, what they damn. Like, yeah, that sounds like, like, that sounds like Egypt. Yeah, yeah. That sounds <laughs> they're like, like oh, you know, because they will torture your ass. So you don't want to break the laws because they're like, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're like, cops are bad. Don't get into run-ins with them. And mm-hmm. they might even like steal your car. So just <laughs> like uh, <laughs> stay away that's from rough. them, right? Yeah, rough. yeah. So that's the other context of it is like mm. a lot of, the, that's why I said like the, the understanding the historical context is like a decoder ring, right? Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of, we watched Kakshital, uh, Bridal Mask, and yes. it very much portrays the Japanese occupation as the police force. Have you seen that, Sam? You Was, might like no. it a lot. Yeah. Is it a Dude, drama or is it a reality? Need, it's a drama. It's a drama, yeah. You need to watch it. It's, it's really on Netflix? One. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe Vicky. Uh, Bridal okay. Mask. I watched it on Vicky. Yeah, it's called Bridal Mask. What's it about? Pitch it to me. Okay, go, Amr. Go, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's about a Korean guy who's best uh-huh. friends with a Japanese guy in, the, in, in the period yeah, during in the Japanese the, occupation. Okay. Yeah. And he wants to be like a hero. And so him and his friend joined the He's police He's a police force. officer. Yes. Yeah. So they're cops. Um, and the premise is basically like this mysterious... His brother like dies kind of mysteriously. And as he uh, starts to uncover what happened with his brother, he starts getting more and more involved in the rebellion. What rebellion? Against the Japanese occupation. Yeah, Korean independence movement. Yeah, yeah, but it's really good. Yeah, but the the main... Can we read the the description? Okay, sure. Okay. In Korea during the 1930s, a mysterious figure wearing a traditional bridal mask appears to protect the people from Japanese oppression. A Korean officer working for the Japanese regime vows to capture the notorious bridal mask. There you go. Oh, oh, this is from like back in the day. I remember this. This is from 2012. It's old drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 10 years old? Dang. (laughs) I'm old. 
Okay. I mean, when in, in, in Korean drama years, like even a year is a long time ago because there's so yeah. many K dramas that yeah. come out in between oh that time, right? So if you want to be like, oh, that's like 500 dramas ago, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Like <laughs> you want to put it into drama year. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Last, last, I want to say. Okay. Say one something. last thing that creeped me out about um, Attorney Wu, in case anyone else listening felt this way. Okay. Uh, and then we can call it. But um, mm, I, because yeah. Stephanie's heard me complain about this. One of the things that got under my skin in that show was knowing that the actress isn't doesn't actually act like that in real life and is trying to portray like an autistic person on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And um, like with all the hand things that she does and like the way that she acts and the, the like spacing out into whale facts and um, but it probably didn't matter to a lot of people, but it just it just was something that creeped me out a lot about the show and kind of prevented me from fully getting into it. I didn't like this. I didn't hate watch it in the way that I hate watch flower of evil because <laughs> of some of those episodes that Sam was talking about. But yeah, that was just one thing that like creeped me out about it and how like, it's yeah, yeah the writers and the director, they're like, yeah, that looks, that's, that looks more artistic. That's just what I kept thinking of them And that, that continued as a controversy surrounding the oh, fandom okay. of the show was there was a lot of videos of people imitating her mannerisms online and, and imitating the way she speaks and the way she talks. And, you know, that was considered very insensitive to people who actually have autism mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. you to be pretending to be autistic. Yeah, I thought that was a oh, little boy. creepy, but mm. it's all yeah. good. I mean, that 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 kind of takes us to our final question, which is like, what will the impact of these shows be going forward on either Korean drama or on Korean culture? And like, I'm, I'm hoping for the Attorney Woo case that we will see representation of actors who are on the spectrum take on these roles going forward like the the door is open now i hope so we'll see i'm not a huge fan of representation to begin with as like a means of change (laughs) but (laughs) still it would be better than this i think Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i was actually remembering also like uh an article i read um or saw like um actually there's uh several but i think it was kind of like saying uh attorney woo is autistic representation at its mm-hmm. best and its mm. worst. Have you seen these articles? <laughs> oh, that's oh, interesting. Yeah. Best and worst, it, huh? Yeah, it's interesting. Because there was like, like a lot of the the uh, articles I saw were talking about like her portrayal was like really good and like one of the, like the most complex. But at the same time, I like think to Amr's point, but then it had like some cartoonish elements where like, yes. you them like that. So it like <laughs> at its best was like some of the best representation, mm-hmm. but then at its worst, like was like too, made it too like childlike or, mm-hmm. you know, like I think to your yes. point. So I think that in itself is a spectrum of performance where mm-hmm. it's like, there's some, the range of it is like really good and then really not so good, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. That, that word was escaping me, like infantilization or like mm-hmm. childlike yeah. personality. Which like that, that didn't seem to have anything to do with autism to Mm me, but they just wrote the character that way. It's like so pure, innocent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the writer would agree with you because I I, Mm -hmm. I remember reading a quote from her in their interview with uh, Dramas Over Flowers, where they said that if anything can make our society a more livable or better place for people with autism, it's not going to be the drama. (laughs) It's oh, yeah, the opportunity yeah. that the drama sparked for all the discussion around how 
people with autism are treated in society. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I'm also the that. backdrop of this, the backdrop of this show is like, I think this writer didn't ha- wasn't working in the industry. I think mm-hmm. she won a yeah. screenwriting contest wow. that got made into a movie. And that wow. movie, it, it was like a, a like a award-winning, critically, you know, acclaimed movie. I, I think it had a big name in it, but it was about an attorney trying to unravel, solve something. It wasn't like a suspense or anything like that, mm. but trying to uh, get to the bottom of something. And then one of the witnesses it, to it is an like an autistic child. Oh. That was her script. Hmm. And then in the in the movie, she says, you know, one day I want to be a lawyer like you, but for somebody like me, I don't know if that's possible, right? But then like, I guess that that thought haunted her. What if that character did become, and then that's how she started writing this. And then that's how she pitched it. And so it was a continuation of that movie. What if that, so it's based off of that character. Oh, damn. Who mm. was a child. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what if that child became an adult? And so there's a Got lot of it. that too. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like the myth of that show too. It has that kind of an interesting origin story yeah, origin too. Where, story. where she was like, you know, how often does that happen here? Somebody like wins a writing contest and gets this his right. show. Never. Like yeah. you, uh-huh. you got to know somebody. You, it's oh, all yeah. about nepotism and connections, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think there's that story to it that like adds something to that show. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's Innocent important. Innocent Witness, I think, is the film from yeah. 2019. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So immediately after she was done with that, she started writing this based off of that character. Yeah. So what about Flower of Evil? Okay, it didn't really reach as many people, as many viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, would, would, would all three of you, would you recommend it to people? Oh, I yeah. already have. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Multiple times. Oh, I'm, totally. very, I'm very biased with this show because despite all of its shortcomings, mm-hmm. It's it's a show that I I really enjoyed and I it's one of those shows that I go back and rewatch oh, because wow. of um you know mostly because of the actors but because of I what I think it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's intense. So then feeding him. It's it's like not yeah, a lighthearted show. It's not like a comforting cozy, you know. <laughs> right, feeding him. Let me, me let me ask you that's, this. That's let me ask I, you those this. Those are the things I enjoy. <laughs> What kind of, who would you recommend the show to then? Like, is this people who are like, uh, uh, like who's never seen a K-drama? Would you, are you recommending it as like their first one that they watch? Mm. Or are you recommending it to people who like good performances and who are already familiar with K-dramas? Like, who are you recommending this to? All was, three. Oh, oh you even recommend it? Wow. As like, I recommend this as all three. <laughs> See, as like, as like a, the first gateway into K-drama. Watch wow. this. Dang. Yeah. Okay, big fan. Yeah. Mostly I was, because so, I, I watched this with my, my, my mother. And mm. she, like Stephanie's father, does not really watch K-dramas. Like she'll, she'll maybe sit next to me for a few minutes and then she'll leave. Mm-hmm. But she <laughs> watched this with me. And so I feel like mm-hmm. if anything, that's my good gauge for how a person who's never watched a K-drama or, or is getting into K-dramas would, would, you know, react to this show in that way. Would you yeah. say it was because of the twists and the acting? That's like the real, that's like the thing that really makes people stick to us because they, because the, the jumps and, and the things that you don't expect is like what really yeah. keeps you watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The characters, the, mm-hmm. the pacing, especially for most of the, yeah, the, the first three quarters of it. There's no uh, slow parts. 
Um, it doesn't lag too much until okay. we get to the like mid to end. Yeah, it's yeah. still a K drama at the end, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, dang, here we yeah. go. I've heard yeah. I, I, somebody, uh, one of the hosts of, of a drama podcast, described it. I relate to it this way. It's like it's like one of those books where like you you know all the beats, but you still go back and reread it. Mm-hmm. It's kind yes. of like that. Yeah, it's okay. just so well executed. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah I was not lazily oh, go done. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if they're into like mystery thriller, it's like uh-huh. really good for that. Like um, yeah. the way it grips the backstory along oh. the episodes is really good. Yeah. Is it hard to guess the twist too when they're coming? I like, th- like mm-hmm. they did not have you guessing. Yeah. yeah. I think it definitely yeah. has you guessing. I don't know if in hindsight, they don't seem that hard to guess, but... <laughs> it's also in hindsight. But in hindsight, yeah. <laughs> I think at the time, I definitely, like when I first watched it, I was like... Yeah, I was I was on the edge of my seat trying to figure out. Because here's yeah. the thing: when I watched the trailer for it, they portrayed the main character as a bad guy, not a bad mm-hmm. guy, mm. not somebody who's framed as a bad guy, but mm-hmm. they make it seem like that. So if mm-hmm. that's all you I knew know. watching it, yes. mm-hmm. I yeah, can yeah, see yeah. how it's even more twist. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just yeah, you're like, why is this guy the main character? Like, <laughs> mm. yeah, um, and and then you kind of yeah, I, I think it's really good for people who like mystery thriller and like um, good performances, like you were saying. Okay. I we just want to see hot to people doing hot things. Yeah. Each other. <laughs> the the yeah. first episode starts off with Iju yes. Gi and Muche Wan just Making loving out. on each yeah. other in the Ow. most beautiful way ever. That's true. And that's <laughs> you do not rare see for that every day. Makeout scene, mm-hmm. first episode. First scene, makeout. Yeah. Which makes the, the later scenes more and more heartbreaking where she like traumatizes him. But yeah. Oh, yeah, it starts off great. Yeah. Off great. yeah. Let me ask. Uh, let me ask another okay. question. I'm like kind of taking over as host, but okay. Let all me right. ask all three it. of you a question. Um, mm-hmm. Then, so for you, when you when you all like think about or are talking about good performances, right? Mm-hmm. But they're speaking another language. How do you how how are you gauging? Because I because I I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to forget Korean, right? So it's like, how are you gauging <laughs> the good acting? That's right? Such Is a good it because you're like reading the subtitles? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then watching their performances, but they're speaking. And maybe over time, you you know some of the words now, but it's like, yeah. but pretend you don't know any of it. Like, mm. how can you sense the performance is good? There's a lot of um, body language and facial expressions that translate. Like, mm. I was just yeah. thinking about this the other day. Not from this. Mm. We we're, we're watching King of the Dramas, which is a <laughs> okay. completely different beast. It's a joke. Okay. But it got me thinking about this because there's more like idioms in that show. It's definitely more geared towards specifically Korean audience um, and like not really trying to be as global. And it got me thinking about that. And I realized like there are some things that you kind of pick up as you watch K-dramas more and more. Like, oh, okay. Way, you know, bo- 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 <laughs> um, and like you, you just like... Some of it you just kind of get used to, and then some of it like. And you don't have to translate it. You don't have to yeah, look at the subtitles you don't need for the that. Subtitle to know like how they're reacting, and then I yeah. would say uh. like, I don't like Cha Ji Won, the woman who plays her, is obviously a great actress, but I think Moon Che Won, Moon Che Won, yeah, yeah. But the Lee who plays the main character, he really because yeah. that's a pretty complex character. I just feel mm-hmm. like he really nails it. Like he really and yeah. Just does a good job. When of he like, cries, I cry. Yeah, exactly. it's makes me feel something. Do you feel like? Yeah. Do you feel like then the more you watch K dramas, the more you can better judge good performances then because you're able to pick up on all those little things. There's more you can connect with for sure. I don't know if it like it probably does give you a little bit better um, ability to detect 
like the quality of a performance. But in general, mm-hmm. I just think it gives you more to connect to with the characters. Okay. I don't. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think there's that big of a, a learning curve mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of being able to judge an acting performance, like mm-hmm. regardless of language. I, vibe in, is in vibe, mood is yes, mood. Is yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we yeah we connect human to human. There's like this is the scene face, really the late in Flower of Evil where Do Hyun Soo and Cha Ji Won are driving together, and they're yeah. like quote unquote on a break. You know, it's got yeah. all the classic like K drama amnesia tropes or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so he's trying to treat her professionally, and like they're using formal speech instead of informal, which you start also picking up on the more K dramas you watch. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You can tell there's this like coldness. And she's getting excited about the case and telling him some details about it. And she goes, yada, 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 chagya, yada, 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 yada. And the reaction that he has in that moment, like, you don't need to know. Like, I mean, I do from watching K-dramas that chagya is like a a term of endearment. You don't really need to know what that word means. You can tell Mm. that she broke, like, Mm. that she broke the protocol. Like, the tension is just immediately obvious from how they acted out. And she like stops in the mid in the next sentence and goes, "Oh shit, I was just talking too fast. I, you know, I didn't, you know, like it just they do yep. like such a good job of um port- like portraying the emotions that are supposed to be on screen." Mm. The the other reason why I asked this isn't <clears throat> just about the language, but because also I feel like Korean dramas or Korean acting is different also than yeah. what Western audiences are used to. So I mm. could I could see how it could even come off like bad acting. I don't know about Flower of Evil, but but like because the Korean delivery is so much, so often very monotone and like facial expressions are so much more subtle, right? Whereas like good uh, mm. acting in the West is like a lot more expressive. Like it's bad to be monotone or deliver every line so deadpan. But in Korea, that's like, in Korean acting, that's okay. Like you could get away with that, right? Mm. Oftentimes, like the expressive, emotive characters are like the side characters, and like the the main characters are much more like yeah, much more subdued, much more uh, monotone or whatever. And then when they do give more to that, it's like you notice that right away, right? Because of that. So I I appreciate that type of acting, but I could see how it's like very different. That what. So how does that translate then for Ooh. all of you? Like maybe even like when you first started watching it, you're like, man, everybody's like, just like emotionless. What's going on here? No, no, not at all. I never felt like that. Okay. Yeah. Same. Monotone. Yeah. I, shoot. I'm just thinking of like all of the amazing, like really expressive performances I've seen in K-drama and how in like some American shows I've watched, they just lean so much on the like witty banter, yeah. like one-upping each other, mm-hmm. quips and like uh, smirking and joking yeah. stuff, that which I don't see as much in K-drama. Yeah. Like, I think it's like, I don't know, it's, it's a crutch. It's lazy in the mm. American shows to have just all of that. I don't know. Um, yeah, the, the Korean shows, may, maybe to your point about subtlety, like it makes yeah. me, it makes me appreciate and savor more like mm. the little, yeah, little eyebrow thing or little mm-hmm. mouth twitch. Yeah, yeah. honorifics <laughs> being turned off. Or, uh, yeah, oh. or even like <laughs> yeah. silences, right? Lots of moments of silence. Yeah, a lot of silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, K-dramas do awkward silence and tense <laughs> silence so well. Yeah. yeah. And like guilty, shameful silence. Mm, oh, yeah, I, mm. I live. I live. 
Okay, we yeah. are we are like <laughs> going <laughs> way way off. I've taken over. I'm now I'm like yeah, interviewing Sam. all of you. That yeah, you're fun. the host now, so we'll yeah, send you. Yeah, this just means recordings. we got to bring Sam back for another one of these, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, I know, right? So, like, I'll pass it back to you, Sam, for like anything you are working on that you want to plug, or like, where can people find you online after they really enjoyed your performance here? <laughs> yeah, I don't normally talk about K dramas. I'm a lot of times uh, talking about martial arts. Um, talking about uh, uh, politics, oftentimes politics related to martial arts, uh, applying, just like thinking about martial arts from a more progressive lens. Mm. You know? And so, uh, yeah, if you're interested in that at all, you can find more information on southpawpod.com. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know if Twitter's going to be around next <laughs> week, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah. But that's where I follow Sam. He's a prolific tweeter. Yeah, yeah. the best. Um, but yeah, so, maybe, yeah, we'll check out your podcast. Yeah, yeah, definitely check out his podcast. And reminder to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are finding this podcast um, and wherever you're listening to it. That helps us a lot. And then Stephanie and Pidinim, where can people find you guys online? Well, you can find me on Twitter for now at <laughs> sparker2. <laughs> and I'm at Michaela JK Pop on Twitter. And all you right, can tweet you... all of us at the K-pop cast. Mm. <laughs> you got it. And you Until we all go to Mastodon. K- <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, please no. <laughs> and you're going to find me at Gee Dragon at the K-pop cast Slack. I forgot about you, Gee Dragon. That's okay. I'm kind He's of a Slack. He's a Slack exclusive. Yeah. Yes, Slack exclusive. Slack. Yeah. yeah. If you want access, <laughs> you guys join the Slack. Yeah. Especially <laughs> now that Twitter is dying, right? Gosh. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'll post my like extended show notes for from Flower of Evil on there to Ooh. give people another incentive <laughs> oh, to boy. join. There you go. Spicy, you go. spicy. All right. Well, there thank you, you so much, everyone. This was an absolute pleasure. Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like we could have had an episode per show now there's exactly. so much yeah. so much but yeah like we hit so many points yeah.